0: Do you want to know the difference between Botox and dermal fillers? Do you want to know the difference between thread lifts and facelifts? Do you want to know the reasons some people choose to improve their appearance with aesthetic medicine? What makes our patients and our doctors tick? Hello, and welcome to Aesthetic Medicine Uncovered. My name is Simon Ravichandran, and in this series of podcasts, we will be talking about what aesthetic medicine actually is, the procedures that we offer, what we do, and why we do it. I hope you'll find it interesting and I hope it answers some questions you may have. This podcast is produced by the Clinetics Group, Scotland's leading, multi-award-winning aesthetic medical clinics. Hi, this is Simon Ravichandran from Clinetics Rejuvenation, and I'm here with Emma Ravichandran as my co-host, and we are joined by guest... Mr. Stuart Rose, MD of MITS Pharma UK. We're currently at IMCAS, one of the global um, aesthetic medical conferences. And uh, we have had a great time and we are presented with this fantastic opportunity to catch up with um, a man who we have known for quite some time, although we are so busy these days, all of us that our paths rarely meet. So we've pinned him down and we're gonna ask him a few questions and uh, we'll, see, we'll see where we go. Okay.
1: The reason we have asked Stuart here is because there are lots and lots of dermal filler products and injectable products that are available within the UK nowadays. We at Clinetics have made a really informed choice about the dermal fillers and all injectable products that we actually use within all the Clinetics clinics. And this decision has been based on product safety, the natural outcomes that patients get from these treatments and the longevity of results. We have used these products for more than eight years in our clinic with exceptionally good results and we continue to believe that these are the best products that are available on the market today within the UK. So we've asked Stuart Rose who is the MD of Mertz Pharmaceutical UK, he's the top man of the company, to come in and give us a little bit more of an insight into what these products are all about. So welcome Stuart.
0: Thank you, and it's a pleasure to be here. Why don't you start by introducing yourselves,
2: Stuart? Okay, so my name's Stuart Rose. I'm managing director of a, a privately owned uh, German pharmaceutical company called Mertz. It's M-E-R-Z. We tend to be relatively unheard of unless you're in the world of aesthetic medicine. So Mertz was set up in 1908, um, set up by a, a very young... Uh, entrepreneurial chemist um, called uh, Friedrich Mertz and it still remains wholly family owned so the fifth generation of shareholders now from the Mertz family uh, maintain the ownership of the of the company so and that family ownership confers a different sort of style and approach for a global pharmaceutical company as opposed to one that might be um, publicly listed
1: Okay, um, I see.
2: And um, when
1: did you get involved in the company, Stuart?
2: So I I joined, uh, so Mertz was set up in the UK and Ireland in 2006, and I joined in the summer of 2007. So it's been 13 very happy years so far.
0: Brilliant. I like the idea of the or the concept of the family-owned company and the family values that you have. Mm,
1: that's something that we hold really important yeah. in the whole Clinetics company I mean, as well. As you
0: said, Emma, we have uh, we've got the option to to choose products, to choose devices, to choose injectables, and we make a decision as to which ones we we use. Obviously, patient safety is paramount. That's that's the number one uh, decision yeah. maker. It's, it's the it's the the, the linchpin, as it were. We'll, but Beyond that, we choose to engage with Stuart and with Mertz um, quite significantly uh, based on the relationship that we have and our belief that their morals and ethics and values match the morals and ethics of values that we practice in our own, our own clinics. Mm-hmm.
1: So Stuart, would you mind telling us briefly about the Mertz product portfolio that we um, use in our clinic?
2: Sure. Well, our products are divided into what's called medical devices and prescription medicines. And and so the latter category, because this is aimed at consumers, members of the public, we can't really really discuss for for compliance reasons. But the dermal fillers, which fit into the medical devices category, um, is a range of of two broad families. Um, One is called hyaluronic acid, and hyaluronic acid, often called, just shortened to HA, it's a natural substance that in, in, exists in the skin, it's a complex sugar, uh, and it attracts water. But there are many different forms of HA, and the particular one that Mertz Markets called Belotero um, is the only what's called polydensified HA, so all of the other products, and there are very, very many in the UK and Ireland, Are what's called single or mono densified agents. And so that immediately confers a a difference. Uh, And the other product is a product called Radius. And that's a very interesting product. And that has been shown to create immediate lift when it's injected, but then over time stimulates the production of collagen. And there's an enormous amount of interest at the moment. It's probably a real focus area for the next decade around preemptive collagen production, because of course, over time, our bodies lose collagen and elastin and fat and bone and so the ability to maintain one's own collagen bank is often the phrase that's used is an area of real interest and and um, uh, focus in modern aesthetic medicine.
0: You're answering questions that I've got later down the list Stuart. we should have uh, gone over this first <laughs> obviously you know it's it's where do you see things moving forward with our products and innovation. But that's that's good. Thank you mm-hmm. for, for dropping that in just now.
1: I'm sure, Stuart, if our patients are listening to this podcast, they'll be very familiar with the names. Well, I hope
0: they're listening to the podcast. We'll be <laughs> you know, a lot of trouble if they're not.
1: Yeah, with the names, Bellatero and Radiesse, because they are um, two products that I use a lot of daily. Um, we use these products for repositioning the tissues caused by fat loss, bone loss, which lead to the signs of ageing. So bilateral volume is one that we very often use for um, cheek volume replacement. Radiesse, I've been using for more than eight years. is a product that um, I find gives not only that collagen stimulation, but replaces volume, gives sharpness whenever re- restructuring the jawline. Um, but ultimately, and I have used other products over the years, The strength with the Bellatero and the Radiesse has to be the natural replacement of of the tissues which we're replacing, leading to um, a completely anti-aging result rather than simply filling um, for the sake of filling. And I think that's what has been paramount in the success of Clinetics and the growth of Clinetics in the past sort of 10 years.
0: Stuart? We've covered, you know, briefly the, the product portfolio. You've described what the products are and what they do. In terms of what you've seen in your time as the managing director of the company, you know, what changes have you seen in the way that people like myself and Emma are using these products for our patients? So,
2: so it's interesting, if, if I were to look over the, the last 12, 13 years since I joined Mertz and the aesthetics industry, I'd say probably the things that have changed that have really been positive from the perspective of your listeners and your patients and those who are either having or considering having aesthetic treatments is the approach to, A, safety, and, B, what I call a multimodal approach. Because, of course, as we age, we don't just lose one thing, we lose collagen and fat and elastin and and, and bone and therefore multimodal or using a variety of different interventions and treatments is really the only way that you can get a realistic holistic and subtle sort of outcome and I think that's a really good thing that's happened over the years aesthetic medicine has got better because it's got more subtle the other thing and I'll come back to safety in a minute the other thing I should ask Uh, should add, and this is important for your listeners and patients, is that the products are one thing. The practitioners who deliver the products are absolutely key. And, And I know this from having worked with the two of you for many years. You're exemplary in terms of your ability to apply scientific understanding, which confers safety with art. And that's a really nice blend to be able to do that. So it's not just the product, it's not just the practitioner, but the two together. You get a really synergistic um, uh, yeah, great out- outcome. Coming back to safety which is the other thing that, that, that has improved I think this is something that many patients may take for granted but certainly is worthy to think, think about. So at Mertz we have a mantra which is we will never compromise patient safety and we'll never mislead healthcare professionals in any of the claims that we make about any of our products and so what we want to do is instill trust in US healthcare professionals so that ultimately the patients that you treat with our products can also trust those products and therefore having a really good track record of safety where the products are backed up with good, robust data and clinical studies is something that makes sense for all patients to, if not explicitly, certainly implicitly, have at the back of their mind, is this product safe? And maybe ask the question, what studies have been done on this product?
1: Okay, that leads really nicely into... Um, the next question, so Stuart, sometimes, you know, people may not have explained or may not have understood everything that we've talked about with regards to the science and the biology of these products. So, as a lay person, because ultimately, these are the patients who we are looking after, what advice would you give to somebody who was considering having an anti-aging or an aesthetic procedure carried out? What what would be the best advice? As the medical director or the managing director of a pharmaceutical company, what questions should they ask?
2: I, I would think there's probably two sets of questions and one sort of behaviour. And on the behaviour is take your time. I think that's really important. Don't rush into anything. Don't be tempted. If a practitioner is trying to persuade you to act quickly, I would always be cautious of that take your time and then ask the two sets of questions so the first question is doing the research on the practitioners who are delivering the treatment so what is their level of professional qualification because in some cases and we know that the aesthetics industry in the uk extends beyond medically and nursing qualified staff and can be non-qualified and we do know that facial anatomy is really important to understand. If you don't understand it, because you don't have those qualifications, the risk to the patient increases. So do do your research and your diligence. Ask the questions through internet searches, talking to others that, that you know, may have, have uh, had the treatments about the you know, the practice. And the one thing, one of the reasons why we enjoy working with with clinetics so much is you have that in spades. Your qualifications experience and safety profile is, is outstanding. The second question to ask is, is about the products. And so ask uh, um, your practitioner, what products are you intending to use? Uh, and then go away and do the research on that because there is a wealth of research out there. Um, and always be cautious about, you know, if you're reading just somebody else's view, uh, another member of the public's view, but, but actually if you look at um, published clinical studies, good, robust data sources, then you can get the reassurance that the product that is being used has been very well researched. And just on that point, it's worth patients understanding that medical devices are subject to far less stringent uh, regulatory controls compared to prescription medicines. That can mean that there are some products on the market that have relatively little clinical study data and important long-term safety data available. If they do not have that data available I would always approach with real caution.
0: That's a very interesting point especially if you look across the different markets so we we know that in America medical devices are subject to much more stringent uh, regulation than they are in the UK so we have the the FDA in America and uh, I think you, you'll know the answer to this. Are there seven injectable implants that are approved by Correct. the fda and roughly because the number fluctuates you know how many are available in we europe we often
2: quote about 170
0: yeah and there uh, so that just gives you an idea of the disparity between the regulation um so you know just as there are seven fda approved um, injectable fillers that even even if you look at those seven There's three of them that no one actually injects anymore because we don't think they're safe (laughs) anymore. So even the the highest level of uh, regulation with with regards to implants does not necessarily give you the correct answers. So I agree 100%. It's it's a question of, yeah, you do your research. The layperson, the the potential patient, the person who wants to improve their appearance should do their research, but they can't be expected to, to understand how hyaluronic acid works most people won't be able to understand or be able to rigorously analyze a scientific paper so then it's the question doing your research into finding a practitioner that communicates with you in a way that you understand and you gel with and once you've got that connection then you can get the information and you can find out what you need to know to make uh, a decision, an informed decision, that you feel comfortable and is the right decision for you. Com- completely. And actually, just, just on that point, it is a good point that
2: um, the the best outcome may not be the outcome that the patient thinks that they, they want, because, of course, their understanding of the ageing process is, is fundamentally different to someone who's, who's medically trained. And therefore, the ability for a practitioner to ask really incisive questions of a patient to understand what it is that they think they want and then use their medical knowledge, experience in the industry, to come up with with what will be the best solution for what ultimately they might need. And the want and the need might, of course, be different things. And therefore that dialogue that trust is really, really important because you you might be cautious about trusting your car in the hands of a mechanic because of the safety implications of, of that. If, if you're going to have anything injected into your face, then certainly you need to have that level of trust that the person that's doing it really knows that what they're doing and ultimately has your best interests. Yeah,
1: that's interesting that you used that word trust. That was my next thing that I was going to say, was that it's really important for me that you build a relationship with the aesthetic practitioner who is doing your treatment because this ultimately should be a long-term relationship with that practitioner and yourself, Ageing is something that's going to happen so long as we get older and for me it's really important for all our practitioners within Clinetics to build that trust and that relationship with our patients for them to believe that we have done the research on their behalf to find the best possible products and the safest possible techniques to minimise the downtime, minimise the risks, minimise even things like bruising in order to ultimately provide them with the best possible service and the best possible outcome as well.
2: So you raise a really good point there because trust, I think, is is absolutely pivotal. And my recommendation to anybody that is currently having treatment or maybe considering, because sometimes in the UK particularly if you're in the middle of your life, your decision-making might take longer um, before you decide you do want to have a treatment. But go in with a very long-term approach and perspective because anybody that goes into having an aesthetic treatment and what's a rapid, dramatic uh, effect is perhaps not really thinking about aesthetic medicine in the way that we would think about it is just as aging is incredibly gradual you know we can't see our own children day by day aging but the long lost art that sees them after five years is amazed how they've grown. The aging process is invisible to us because it is so subtle and so insidious and therefore the if you like the anti-aging or regenerative approach that we want to take with aesthetic medicine requires us to have a really long-term outlook, and by long-term, I mean 10, 20, or 30 years. So informing that relationship with uh, a clinic like Clinetics, I think is really important to say, okay, I'm going to choose practitioners who I trust, can build a relationship with, who will use products that I know they trust. And then I'm going to put myself in their hands and invest over a 10-, 20-, 30-year period. And that's the best way I can manage and optimise what I want out of aesthetic medicine. And the, the patients that want a quick fix, often quite cheaply, may often in the long term end up really paying for that because of the safety implications of cheap quick fixes.
0: You're absolutely right. Um, I think there's a, there's an educational role that we have, and we could we should be telling the the public by whatever whatever means possible um, that we we need to move away from this concept that there's a a magic wand a magic syringe you come in pay for a commoditized based treatment it's a one-off we have the treatment you get the result everyone's happy because in reality it doesn't like it doesn't work like that and you've certainly hit on our secret when we look at our patients uh, when we're sitting here looking at you and when we look at everyone else we're imagining what you look like in 30 years time and we're creating in our minds a plan of hundreds of tiny tiny little interventions little changes little enhancements little tweaks to make sure we slow down that aging process so it doesn't have to happen. And we need to affect every, we talked about multimodal earlier on, we need to affect every part of the aging process. It's a complicated uh, a complicated treatment map or I prefer journey mm-hmm. that the patient goes on with their practitioner and with their clinic.
1: Absolutely and the results with the best possible products And a great injector can have a really positive impact on a person's perception of ageing and how they feel with regards to ageing.
0: And then that reflects on quality of life.
1: Absolutely. So, Stuart, thank you so much for giving up your time at MCAS um, to have a a talk with us. I think it's been incredibly insightful, and I hope our patients will have enjoyed listening to um, you talking. It's been phenomenal.
0: Thank you very much, Stuart. Thank you.
2: Simon, Emma, it's been a pleasure. Thank you.